So the, the topic is Az Yashir and Shir as Devira, because that next week's parasha is Bishalach, which we lay in Az Yashir, and the Haftarah of Parashas Bishalach is the Shira of Devira, which is in Shaiftim, Perak Dalad and Perak of Shaiftim, is the Shira that Devira said, Devira Hanavia. So <clears throat> we're going to learn a little bit about the connection between Az Yashir and Shira's Devira, but more, more we're going to learn more about Devira, as this is a Shira about on Tanakh, and she's a very fascinating personality. Um, <clears throat> what's the first thing I want to point out is that we lane Az Yashir twice. Um, if, if this would be men, I would ask when. <laughs> but I won't do that to you. Uh, so <laughs> we lane it twice. We lane it on Parshish B'Shalach, obviously, and on Shvi Shal Pesach, when it actually happened. So we also lane Az Yashir. And we do a different Haftarah each time. The Haftarah and B'Shalach, we do the Shira of Devira. But in, in uh, Shvi Shal Pesach, the Haftarah is uh, the Shira that David HaMelech said. David HaMelech, in, it's uh, a little bit in Tehillim, but mostly in, in, um, in, in Malachim and in, in, not in Malachim, in uh, Shmuel and in Dibur HaYamim, he has a long Shira that he says. That's one passage you'll be familiar with, as we say in Benching, Migdal Yeshua's Malachi, so sometimes we say Migdal and sometimes we say Magdal. It's because that pasuk, the shira is repeated two times. It's repeated once in said said once in Shmuel and in Dibrei Yamim. One time it's written with Migdal, one time it's written with Magdal. Why we do Yamim Tayvim? I don't know. I never figured that one out. But <laughs> there's, some, there's obviously some reason for that. But in any case, that's that's the last pasuk of his shira of David's shira, and that whole his whole shira is the one that said on Shvi Shal Pesach. And one question we'll, to get to is why is it that on Bishalach we choose Shiras Devera? And on Shvi Shal Pesach, when we lay in the Az Yashir, we choose the Shira of David HaMalach. And there's a very interesting reason for that. So I just want to just take a look over here at the Shira. Look at the Chumash. Look how it's... See, over here in the Arts called Chumash, they, they try to reproduce the way it's written in the Sefer Torah, which is fascinating, because all Shiras in the Sefer Torah are written in one of two ways. Either this way, this is called... This is referred to in the Gemara as Levena Algabi Ariach, which means uh, bricklaying, right? Because if you look, that's the way when you lay bricks, you have a, you try to do uh, one on top of two, right? So that they should be strong, they should support each other, and that's the way it's written. They leave either two spaces on a line or one space in the middle of a line, and uh, then you position the words of like Zekelevave on top of that space. So over here in this text, it's you can't see it as clearly as in a Sefer Torah, but in a Sefer Torah it works well, like it does overlap and it looks very neat. That's one way to write a Shira. Another way to write a Shira is just two straight columns. You might be familiar, you've seen, let's say, Aseris Bnei Haman. That's also referred to as a Shira, and it's written in two straight columns. It's a Shira because when Rishayim die, that's a cause to praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But by Rishayim, we create the Shira in two uh, columns which are very unsupported, because we want them to collapse. That's the idea of it. So that's, that's why this kind of shira is written in, in a, like a bricklaying form, so it should have a kiyum, it should be forever, it should be nitzchias. And when the shira of Rishayim dying, there's another one in Tanakh, is let's say when the, the in Yahushua lists out all the 31 kings that were killed out by the Jews when they entered Eretz Yisrael, those are also considered a shira, and also it's written in two columns for that reason, because it's Rishayim, we want the Rishayim to collapse. Okay, one interesting exception to this, uh, which is the Gemara debates why it is, is Ha'azinu. Ha'azinu is also a shira, but as you can see, 
Azino is written in two straight columns. Mm-hmm. So Gemara tries to figure out why. So the Azino kind of has everything. It has a little bit about Rishayim getting their punishment, but it also has about Kalisrael getting their reward. So it's that's maybe in Parashat Azino we'll talk about that. <laughs> but that's a discussion for itself. Okay, <clears throat> now I'll take a look over here, all the way at the end of this year, page 196. There's a very, very interesting Pasik which I've spoken about before. Um, and uh, it's it's just very, 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 very interesting. It says, um, see, the way it's stylized over here is, look at Pasik Yud Ches, it's Hashem Yimlach Le'elam Vod, right? Hashem Yimlach Le'elam Vod, on Pasik Yud Ches, page 196, Pasik Yud Ches, it's the end of the Shira. So Hashem Yimlach Le'elam Vod is really the very last Pasik of the Shira. That's when Kali Yisrael finished saying Shira. That's, they said Shira, that was the last thing they said, Hashem Yimlach Le'elam Vod. Then it says, "Kivasus pare berich bay veforasha bayam veyoshav Hashem aleim es mehayam v'nei Yisrael halcha bayboshav sechayam." That's like kind of a chazara, right? As it was when Pare came with his horses and his chariots and his uh, horsemen into the ocean, and Hashem threw the uh, put the, the the water on top of them, and Klal Yisrael went into bayboshav sechayam. So, like, what, what is that pasuk doing? Why is it after the whole shira? We've said the whole shira. We've talked about everything. What's the need? To repeat, kivasus pare. What, what is it? What is that pasuk even doing? If you look in uh, in davening, when you say az yasher, so uh, we say az yasher every day in davening. So we repeat Hashem yimlochal emvad. Say Hashem yimlochal emvad. Hashem yimlochal emvad. Then we say it in Aramaic, Hashem machus aloyelam kaim whatever, because that's the end of the shira. Mm-hmm. So we say two psukim. We translate it. That's the end because that's really the that, that's the point of the whole shira. Hashem yimlochal emvad. That's what we're getting to, and then. Uh, it's like kind of in parentheses. It's like most people take it like if you have time, you say that, and <laughs> we say this part, right? Kivasus bayam. So this is an uh, odd pasuk. What is it doing? And then immediately after that, it says Vatikach Miriam So Miriam Hanavia, sister of Aaron, took the drum in her hand. and all the women followed her. with uh, drums and, and dancing. and Miriam started saying the shira to them. So she said seemingly the first pasuk of the shira, which is the very first pasuk of Az Yashir. and and uh, we're assuming that she probably said the whole thing. And the pasuk just tells us the first pasuk because you know that's just to let us know that that's what happened. So this is an interesting, this is very interesting, because essentially what it said, whenever it says Yisrael, it really means everybody. It means the men, the women, the children, it means everybody. But over here we take the trouble to talk about how the women said Shira on their own with Tuklim and Mechayla. So there's something special about the fact and the way that the women said Shira, which we'll get to soon. To understand, and that's that'll also explain what this pasuk is doing here. Kivasus para. This pasuk, kivasus para, is really an introduction. It's really not. It's it's nothing to do with the shir. The shir ended Hashem Yemulchavavad, and kivasus para is an introduction to the women saying shir, mm-hmm. because as we'll see, they did something very different than the men did, which is which which needs to be understood. Okay, so this is the women's role in the shira. Of Az Yashir on the Yamsuf. Now let's learn about what hap- the Haftira, which was another Shira said by a woman of the virus. Let's learn the story a little bit. Take a look at the, pa- the papers. This is where the Haftira begins. Shaftim Parak Dalad. 
So it says like this, Dvara Isha Nevi'a. Dvara was a woman, she was a Nevi'a. Eishas Lapidais, she was the wife of Lapidais. He shoifta es Yisrael v'esahe. She was the one who judged Kla Yisrael at that time. Okay? So this was a unique event, a one-time-in-history event, where, where a woman was the leader of Kla Yisrael. The leader in all, all sense of the word. She was the leader of Kla Yisrael. She, the Chazal said she taught Torah to Kla Yisrael. She's simply, simply the teacher. She judged when there was uh, issues. She gave advice, and she was the Navi. So she served in, in all capacity as leader of Klai Yisrael. Why was it that, that a, a woman was the leader of Klai Yisrael? One Chazal say that for some reason during that time there were very few Tamil Chachamim. So somehow the men dropped the ball at that point in history. Don't know why. It's unclear why, but that's, that's according to one Chazal. But we're going to learn another Chazal that says a fascinating thing, which it doesn't really answer so much, but it, it, it says just a very interesting thing about Devar. So she, what, what, what's, what's important to us, though, is that she took on this role, which essentially was a man's role. On all the rest of history, it's a man's role. The, the leadership positions in Kla Yisrael, historically, were almost always filled by men. Women play a big role, but always as a supportive and, and you know, as a as a supportive uh, figure, right? Uh, Sarah support. I, I mean, every every great figure in history had a woman, which the Torah talks a lot about. Right? If you stop and think about it, it's it's really amazing because every single one, uh, Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, uh, you know, Moshe. There's a lot talked about Sapphira in the Torah. Um, then David Hamelach and his wives. Each one is dis- discussed at length and. So on and so forth, Shlem HaMalach, and, and you can go through it. It's it's a, a woman's role is always very prominent, but always as a supportive role. And over here, uh, a woman takes a very, a very um, primary role. And in the story, uh, that as it goes on, the whole story, women take primary roles because eventually the war that's going to happen between them and Sisra, who was a, a, a Canaani general. Sisra ends up being killed by Yoel, and Yoel was also a woman. And Yoel was also playing a role which was very unwomanly. Women didn't go to war. This was not done. Uh, it's so much so that, that a, a sword or uh, all kinds of armaments are considered men's clothing. There's an Isra of, of Lesilbash. A woman's not allowed to wear a sword. So, and, and they say that, we'll see, the Yoel ended up killing Sisra with the with the stake of her tent, and she didn't take a sword. So some say for that reason. So then not to, not because you know a sword was was a man's device. Well, it's a little hard to understand because it was you know the kind of situation I think she would have been allowed to. But that's what they say. Regardless, so you have here the whole story revolves around two women, Devira, who was the the leader, the judge, the Navia was playing a man's role, and Yael who ended up actualizing the victory also was seemingly playing a man's role. So let's see a little bit more about this story. She was the wife of Lapidus. She sat under Taimer which was a, simply a palm tree, which took, took her name, Taimer Dvera, in a between a place called Rama and Beiskel, Bahar Ephraim. So she, it was in, in Yosef's Chelek in Eretz Yisrael, Ephraim. And all of Klai Yisrael would go to her for judgment. At this point, Klai Yisrael had sinned and they were under the thumb of a Canaanite king, Yavin. 
So this is, this is through Shaftim, this is the way it goes. Kaisral does well, they rule, they prosper, then they sin, and then one of the neighboring nations takes over, and then eventually they do tshuva, and a shayfit comes, and, and this is just the way the whole shayfitim goes. So this is this a, 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 a representation of that. So they were under the thumb of Yavin Mel Kanan, and now they're about to get saved. So ben ben So she sent and called to Barak ben Avinoyim Mikedesh Naftali. and she told him, Hashem Yisrael Hashem commanded Tavar go and bring to Har Tavar and gather together ten thousand people from the tribe of Naphtali and Zvulun, create an army of 10,000 people. And I will bring to you, I will summon to you, Hashem will cause that uh, to, uh, a river called Kishon, Nachal Kishon, as Sisra Saratva Yavin, the Sisra who was the general of Yavin, as Rikhbai, and his whole army, as and and he will be put into your hands, you will triumph over him, you'll be able to kill him, and free Klai Yisrael from the reign of Yavin. Now, from looking at this Pasik, it seems like Barak was some someone a big tzaddik probably, and he had nothing to do with Dvaira. He was living seemingly, seemingly somewhere else in Kedesh Naftali, and she was in Taimur Dvaira. So it seems like they had no previous contact. But Chazal say that Barak was her husband. And Barak actually had three names. His name was Barak, his name was Lapidus, which is Aishas Lapidus, and his actual name was neither of those. His actual name was Michal, interestingly enough, mm-hmm. uh, which is not referred to in Tanakh at all. Uh, we'll see. So we'll learn the, the Chazal about that. That's in the bottom of this page because it's fascinating. So she called to him. It could be that, that, um, that she actually had to go to a different place to be the judge of Kali So she actually wasn't living around him at the time for the sake of her job. So she, uh, she, she followed her career, so to speak. You know? <laughs> she, had to, she had to be somewhere else to do what she was doing. And that's why she had to send to him to call, to, to call him to do this. But according to Chazal, they were husband and wife. So Barak So Barak told her, If you go with me, I will go. And if you don't go with me, then I won't go. Now, why was Barak so intent that Devira should go with him? So... It seems, it seems, and this is the way it seems from the, the context of the Midrashim, that this was just a little bit of a lack of faith. A little bit of a lack of faith. He knew she, she was a big tzedekist, that she was the Nevi'ah, and he wasn't ready to commit to take on an army that was much stronger than him, much more powerful than him. They didn't really have a chance of winning, unless she would go along. And she agreed, I will go with you, but now, as a result of this, this uh, deficiency in Amunah, the fact is that you will not now be the hero. You won't have, you won't have the teferis, the grace, the praise on the, the path that you've just chosen. At this point, it seems that it, this was decided, that Sisra will actually fall in the hands of a woman. Not you. Not me either, but not you. So Dvarah got up and traveled with Barak to Kecha. So then the Psukim, I'm skipping a couple of Psukim here, that talks about the war, they won the war, and they, they didn't win, I'm sorry, the war didn't begin yet, then they gathered everybody together, and then sister hears about this. So sister was informed that Barak 
uh, gathered an army on Hartava. So Vayazik Sisra is called Rechbai. So Sis, Sisra gathered all his chariots. Tsha Meois Rechav Barzal. So he had 900 Rechav Barzal, 900 Arn chariots, which was, I guess, the think that was like the most modern, uh, <laughs> most modern model of, of a chariot in those days. He had, so he had 900 of them. Now that number is a very significant number because how many chariots did Paray have? <clears throat> so let's see what it says. Pasik says here. Uh-huh. So it's, uh, if you want to look, it's at page 190. Page 190, it's in and Pasuk Zion. He took 600 chosen chariots. So he actually apparently had more than 600, but those are the ones that were named. Those were the important ones. Rechav Bachor, like the, the top, top chariots, the most powerful ones. There were 600. So 600 of Parai, 900 of Sisra. This, this is going to be important. So he has a sister, it's called Rechbay Chameis Rechav Barzal. He had 900 of his chariots, it's Kalha Masha Itai, and all the nation that was with him, Mecharoshis Hagayim, from a place called Kharoshis Hagayim, Al Nachal Kishan. They all came to Nachal Kishan, a, a river. So uh, then it's a possibly couple more psukim about the war, and then they lost. By Yoham Hashem es Sisra Hashem. Yoham means he um, caused them to get confused, to, to panic. Yoham Hashem is sister of Eskol HaRecha, Eskol HaMachna, Lefi Cherev, Lefnei Barak, and they therefore, therefore fell at the sword in front of Barak. So he had to, he was so abandoned by his army, he had to leave by foot. So he got off his, his uh, chariot, Vayonas Baragov, and he ran by foot. Now this pasuk by Yoham Hashem Hesisra is a very similar to pasuk to what it says by Kriyas Yamsuf as well. Uh, it says, Shuvah Maya. Is it in Lashon to Homos? Um, no, I think it says that actually should say that word itself. Well, yeah, yeah. It's here somewhere. <laughs> uh, oh, here it is. Pasik Chav Dalit, page 192, Pasik Chav Dalit. As morning, Vayashkev Hashem al Machlem Mitzrayim Ba'amud Eish Anon, Vayoham Es Machlem Mitzrayim. Vayoham Es Machlem Mitzrayim. So there's a correlation here between the way Hashem approached this war between Mitzrayim and Sisra. Did the same kind of thing, but Yoham is He made them confused, and then it says it continues to say, Pasik Tazayin. Uvar going back to the sheet here. Uvarak Rodaf Achrei Harechev. So Barak chased after the all these chariots. Achrei Hamachna Ad Chareishes Hagayim until Chareishes Hagayim. By Yipel Machane Sisra Leficharav. They all fell by the sword. Loy Nishar Ad Echad. They didn't, not, none remained up till one. Again, a same language that's used over here 
193, The water came and covered all of them. Not even one remained. So there's there's clear correlation here between the way the war of Sisra went down and the war of uh, of Mitzrayim. Okay, and then the rest of the the Paragdal, which I don't have here, talks about how Sisra was running and he found this tent of Yael, who was the wife of Cheber Hakeni, Aisha's Cheber Hakeni, and apparently Cheber Hakeni was someone, a powerful person, who had some kind of connection to Yavin Melch Kanan, so he thought he'd be safe there. And he went and he went into her tent, and she gave him milk, she gave him cheese, she caused him to become sleepy, and when he fell asleep, she killed him with the, the what do you call it, of her, her the, spa, the, the stake of her tent, and then when Barak came charging by, she came out and said, Barak, here's the man you're looking for, and they, she showed him that he was dead. So that's the end of that story. And then Perakei begins the Shira. So Dovoira said a Shira, and it says her name first, and Barak ben Avinayim as a second, again a supporting role, uh, to the Shira on that day, say, and he said, when Klal Yisrael was suffering, and then the nation uh, donated themselves to go to war, Baruch Hashem, they blessed Hashem, Shimu Mulachim, listen kings, Hazinu Raizdim, listen princes, Anoichi Hashem, Anoichi Ashira, I am Tashem, I will say Shira, Azamr Lashem Alekei Yisrael. Now, let's, uh, we're skipping a lot of the Shira, and Pasik, then comes Pasik Chaf, look at this Pasik. Min Hashomayim Nilchamu Hakechavim, so we're starting to see from the Shira that this war, even though it sounds like it was a war fought by humans with swords, it sounds like that's not actually what happened. From the heavens, the stars w- waged war. From their paths. So something heavenly was going on. They were perhaps being pelted by, by, by Barad Min HaShemayim, it's not clear what, but it's saying that, that it was Min HaShemayim, something, something spiritual happened to them. Then it says another thing, Chaf Aleph, Nachal Kishon Grofam, Nachal Kidumam, Nachal Kishon. They were swept away by Nachal Kishon. So apparently they died in a very similar way that the Mitzrim died. It seems that they were chased by Barak with the sword and everything, but that's not actually how they died. They were actually swept away by Nachal Kishon, they were all drowned. So they actually died in the same way that the Mitzrim died. Nachal Kishon Grafam. They were swept away by Nachal Kishon. Nachal Kidum and Nachal Kishon. Tedruchin Ashi Oivs. And the end of the Shira ends. Kain Yoivdu Kolevecha Hashem. This is the way all of your enemies Hashem should get, be, be destroyed. Ba'ayavav. And those who love you. Ketzis Hashem Esh Bugurasai. Should shine like the sun as it comes out in its all its strength. And it ends with Vatishkid Haaretz Arbaim Shana. The land was peaceful for 40 years, and then once again they were oppressed. So that's the way this, this ends. So we see here that the war, the way the war went down, was very similar to the way it happened with the Mitzrayim. And we see the Psukim are similar by Yoham Hashem as Sisra Sarechev. And so even even in the way that when the t- the pasuk is describing the war, it uses words that are very very have clear correlation to the way the Mitzrim uh, were destroyed. And then Devira, when she says her shira, clearly says that that it, they died in a very similar way. There was Minashemayim Nilchamu, which was similar to the the you know the 
everything was going wrong in a spiritual way with the Machne Mitzrayim, their, their chariots were falling apart, they were cast down, there was hat, etc. All the things that went on in, in Yamsev seemed to be going on somehow over there also with Sisra, and they even died in the same way. The, the Yamsev swept them away, and over here, Nachal Kishin swept them away. So now, let's look at a little bit of the, the, the back story, and we'll get a very interesting... Um, perspective here. So before we see of what this Devira's story is, which is this Tana de Belio, which is a Medrash, um, I'm going to read to you a different Gemara, which gives even a little bit more of a perspective here. So the Gemara, it's a Gemara Erechen, it's a Gemara Psachem, we don't have it on your sheet. The Gemara says that, or Huna said that the, the Jews during the Dar of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, Mikitana Amuna Haya, they, they lacked in their Amuna. They weren't, they had, they had what to to grow in Amuna. And it says, the Pasuk, the Pasuk in Tehillim says, Vayamru al yam b'yamsuf. They really rebelled against Hashem on the Yamsuf, by the Yamsuf. Nevertheless, Hashem saved them f- for His name. So what did they do? So it says that they said, as, as it was, this whole thing was going on, Mitzrayim were running into the Yamsuf, the Yamsuf was sweeping them away, turning them over, burying them under the sea. It says, Klayashol was standing there and they doubted. They said, maybe... And we don't see the Mitzrayim, but maybe they really just escaped somehow, and they got they're on somewhere down the ra- the river somewhere, somewhere down the Yam. They got out, and they're going to come chasing after us again. So here they saw this open display of a Kaddish Baruch and they still their faith wasn't perfect. They still doubted. They were scared. There was nothing there was nothing malicious about it, but they were scared, and they still couldn't totally just accept and and believe in a Kaddish Baruch and trust. So they they had doubt. They didn't see the dead. So Amalek HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded the ocean, spit it out onto the onto dry land, so everybody can see. So he said, There's, have you ever heard of a servant that his, Rebbe, his, his master gives him a present and then asks for it back? So in other words, you gave me all these Mitzrayim as a present, which would mean that, in other words, he played such a, a role in Kiddush Shemaim in wiping out Rishayim and making Hashem's name great. And now asking him to spit out the dead bodies is diminishing a little bit, quite Shemayim. So that's what he's saying. I, I hear you gave me a present, you gave me such an opportunity to serve you, and you're going to take it away. So Hashem said, you know what? I'll promise you one and a half times the, same, the amount. <laughs> I'll give you one, 1.5. I'll, play, I'll pay you back with interest, basically. And then he said, very reasonable said, he said, well, how am I going to ensure that it gets paid up? I don't know exactly what his issue was. He didn't uh, trust the Kaddish Baruch but he said, like, how am I going to make sure this gets paid up? So, there's another river, and he'll be the, he'll be the collateral here. And that's why 600 uh, and 900 by, by uh, Sisra. So 900 was the repayment. For, for, for the now the, the waters of the world, I guess they're all connected, right? So Nachlakishan and, and Yamsuf now got their payback when they were able to sweep away the whole uh, army of Sisra. <clears throat> but we see here a very important thing, and this is really the, 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 the crux of what's going on here, is that Claudiusrol were very, very doubtful till the last minute in the whole story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, even as they were witnessing all these Nisim, they were witnessing the, the, the yam sweeping away the mitzvah with one nace after, an, after another and there's 250 makas or 200 makas, whatever was going on there, they still, they weren't there yet. 
they still weren't 100% there. And it was required that Hashem should go the extra step to cause the Yam to spit out the, the, the Mitzvah, which caused some kind of lack in, in Kvayt Shemayim, which was then fixed by the one and a half times of Sisra. That was the Tikkun, right? There's no real... Uh, Hashem, Hashem doesn't owe anything to the, the water, and the water doesn't owe anything back to Hashem. It's all in terms of kind of Kiddush uh, Shemayim, of bringing the world to its purpose, each, each, one, each part of creation fulfilling its role. So the Kiddush the, the, the Shemayim that could have been had was there was a lack in it because of the fact that Klai Yisrael had this little lack of faith, and the bodies were spit out, and that was made up one and a half times when, when, when the Nachal Kishin swept away the army of Sisra. So, in effect, the Shira of Dvaira and the story of Sisra was actually the Hashlama. It was the, the completion of what happened on the Yamsuf. That was when that Tikkun, that Kiddush Shemayim finally came to its completion with her Shira as well. And now, you see a fascinating thing. Let's uh, look back at that Pasuk over here in, in the Chumash. Um, page again, page one ninety six. So there, Chassam Sefer brings so from a Sefer called Marva Shamish to explain what's going on over here with this introductory pasuk of Kivasus Pare and Atikach Miriam. What's going on? He says a fascinating thing. It's really uh, a mind blowing thing. He says like this. He says that what the pasuk is telling you is when it was that the women started saying Shira. Kivasus Pare Birichbay Farashabayam as Parai and his horse and his chariots and his horsemen went into the ocean. And Hashem made the water go on onto them. Yisrael just started going onto the dry land within the Yam. That was when Vatikach Miriam That's not what Klayashal said Shira. Klayashal said Shira way later. They were needed a lot of guarantees before they said Shira. They stood there, the Mitzrayim were drowned, they were out of the Amsaf, they still weren't ready to say Shira. The, the bodies had to be spit out onto the dry land, and then they said Shira, okay? So then they, were, then they were confident, and they believed in Hashem. But the women, no. The women, as soon as the water started moving, Klayashar went into the Yabash of Sechayam, the Mitzrayim started going in, they all read, that means the Nase was, it wasn't even done yet. They weren't saved yet. The, the, the Mitzrayim was still chasing them. They had just started coming into the into the Yamsuf. And already at that point, she took already the drum in her hands, and all the women followed her, and she already said the Shira. So she got through this Pasik of the Shira, and the rest of the Nays happened. I don't know if they're saying it slowly. And the men picked up after this Pasik. That's why it only says this Pasik, because after that they were saying it in unison. But she beat them to it by this Pasik. <laughs> That's how he explains. It, it just reads so well. Into the into the psukim, it's, it's it's like a beautiful pshat, and the, now Rashi already points out that the reason why the Torah mentions that they had a taif biyada and they had tupim and mechalas, and it says the men didn't, right. so it says because the women brought it with them. Yeah. Yeah. Rashi says why did they bring it with them? So Rashi says. Uh, the 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 of the generation were sure that a Baruch was going to make nisim, so they brought drums with them. So the women were clearly on a very different level of amuna than the men were, and they had already prepared for this in advance. They brought um, instruments with them so they could do shira the way it's meant to be done with an accompaniment. 
And once again, then you, this is just a, uh, playing this out even further that they actually started this year before the men. They didn't need all these guarantees. They didn't need any of that. that they, they had the faith already at that point. They had that amuna. So that's what happened by the Yamsuf. So the women were actually started here while, while they were still going they through did. the Yamsa. Correct. And then the men only did it once they came out. And saw, and saw the, 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 the dead bodies and everything. Yeah. They were guaranteed, and that's when the men started. Right. So there was a clear lack in the faith of the men. And then we'll see how the, the woman's role is, is, is a very powerful point here. So let's see a little bit about that. And this is this is what, what's fascinating about this is again, the way the way we started as you see here, women in this story of Dvara playing a very unwomanly role, it seems. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dvara is a she's the leader of Klaiusral, she's the judge, she's the Navia, she's serving in that capacity, she's leading them into war. Yael is the one who's killing Sisra and, and performing so, so to speak the man's job of winning the war. And now we'll see why there is a to it, which is fascinating. So this is Tanit of Eliyahu, it's a, it's a collection of Midrashim that Eliyahu and Navi learned with one of them, Eroim. Udvoira Isha Nevia, Udvoira was Isha Nevia, Eishas Lapidah, she was the wife of Lapidah, she was a judge of Klai Yisrael at that time. So the Madrash asks a very reasonable question, Why was she the one that was judging Klai Yisrael and uh, prophesying? So this Medrash doesn't go with the fact that there was uh, a lack of Tamil Chamem. No, Pinchas was still alive. Where was he? Why wasn't he the one? So the Medrash says, This is Eliyahu Navi talking. So he's saying, I, I testify in the name of heaven and earth, Bain Yisrael, whether you're a Jew, Bain Akam, whether you're a non-Jew, Bain Ish, whether you're a man, Bain Isha, whether you're a woman, Bain Eved, whether you're a slave, Bain Shifcha, you're a maid, Hakol Lefiha Maisa Shuhoisa, depending on your deeds, Kach Rucha Kadeshar Olaf. If you perform good deeds, if you're a tzaddik, if you serve Hashem, Rucha Kadesh is going to be Shaira on you. It doesn't make a difference who you are, what your background is. Kach Baila, this is what Chazal say. Baila Shal Dvaira Am Ha'aretz Haya. The husband of Dvaira was an Amaretz. He's not a Tamil Chacham. So Amrulai Ishtai, so Dvaira, his wife, told him, Bai, come, Ve'esalacha Psilas. I'm going to create wicks. Ve'holech Oisam Le'Beis HaMikdash Shabashila. And you bring them to the Mishkan in Shilai as a donation to the Beis HaMikdash. Ma'am Yechalkacha Bein Anashim Ksher. And why shouldn't you have a portion to other Tzadikim? Shabahem Ve'tiskel Alam Haba. And this way you'll be Zechot Alam Haba. So she encouraged him to be Isaac and Avedi Hashem, and she made these these psilos, these wicks, and encouraged him to bring it. But who are Isaac psilos Avis? So I don't know. It's a question in Gersa here whether it was him or her. Maybe they did it together, but they made very thick wicks. Kedeshe Oyrim Ruba. They should create a lot of light. And Lafigach Nikrishma Lapidus, and that's why his name. He was called Lapidus. It was a it was a title. Lapid means a, a flame. He was called Lapidus. He had three names: Barak. Lapidus and Michal. Barak, his face was like a lightning bolt. I guess that was when he was a warrior, when he was fighting, so he was fierce. Lapidus, Lapidus he made these thick wicks. His actual name was Michal. knows a person's heart and a person's thought process, and he knew that this was very, very pure. So Kajbrochu told Dvaira, You meant 100%. 
for the sake of Hashem. And you wanted to create light, the light of the Shekhinah, in the Beis HaMikdash, that should have a lot of light. I will make you great in Klai Yisrael, Yehuda, and in Yehuda. All 12 tribes of Klai Yisrael. Now, who is the one that caused Lapidus that he should have this portion amongst Tadikim? It was his wife. So it's a fascinating thing, and this is a very important background point. She was Zaycha to what she was Zaycha because she did such a tremendous job as a wife. It was very interesting. As that was, it wasn't because she looked to be a judge of Klai Yisrael, it wasn't that she looked to be an Aviyah. Those That position was kind of Hashem put her into that position. Hashem then once Hashem gave her that ability, and she was the only one that was capable. So then, then she filled that role. But what's fascinating is, is that the way she was zeicha is by being an amazing wife. She thought of the way that her husband, who was clearly much less learned than her, clearly much you know in a much lower level than her, but she figured out a way that her husband should be able to be zeicha talam haba, and she meant it so. Purely and so totally that a Kaddish Baruch Hu was Bechin deemed her to be worthy of becoming the next leader of Klai Yisrael. Now, look, it says the same thing about Yal. This is a little further in the Medrash. Why is it that Yal, the wife of Chavar Hakeni, was chosen from all other women? She brought such a tremendous victory to Klai Yisrael through her hands. Yal was a, a righteous woman, and she would do her husband's desire. Again, fascinating. A woman who did very much a man's role was Zaycha to have that, play that role specifically because she was the epitome of what a woman is meant to be. In other words, when we're looking to Dvira and to Yal and want to know what should we learn from these women, because mm-hmm. I'll say, learn from them to, 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 to fulfill a woman's role in entirely, to, to, to do it in purity, in, in the greatest possible level, and then all doors are opened. And then, then, then a Kaddish Baruch Hu is Mashur Shechina on anybody. It makes no difference who you are and what, 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 what your background is. So it's just a fascinating context to this. And I, I still haven't totally wrap my head around it. I'm <laughs> still, still trying to, 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 incor- to, you know, just to internalize it, but it, it's, it's, it's just so, it gives just such a different spin on how we look at this whole parak. But it's, it's especially important because, again, when we were wondering why it is that the, the Shira of Devaira in particular is the Haftarah of, of Parshas B'Shalach, so the Sefer Amunasi Techa, that's um, Revolson from from uh, Bar Park, So he explains like this. He says that on Shvishal Pesach, if you look at the the whole way the Haftaris and different things about Shvishal Pesach and Shal Pesach, that's all it's all uh, revolves around Yemei Samashiach. We'll talk about the Pesach time, but it's that, that's that's all Yemei Samashiach, and it's it's a different it's it's it has a whole different theme. He says, B'Shalach, the Az Yashar B'Shalach, is all about Amuna, All about being Mechazek Amunah, And he says, that is 
brought out the most by Shiraz Devarah. And he explains that we specifically say a haftarah said by a woman, shehi yisoyed ha'amunah, because that's the source, our foundation of belief. Ki ikr emunah al ha'aim. The primary source where every Jew gets his faith, gets his belief in Hashem, is through his mother. And that's what Shlaim HaMalach says, right in the beginning of Mishle. He says, even when a person grows up and you're already learning Taira, don't forget Taira Simecha. He says that, that that is what brings Amuna into a person's heart. And no matter how old you are, no matter what age you are, how learned you are, how much Chachma you've learned, out the, your, 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 your learning Musar uh, Avicha, the, the foundation is, is from your mother. And he says, Aim, the, the, the word mother, is sources is from Amuna. So now we can, have, we can bring everything together. Yeah, go ahead. Aim is from Amuna. Oh, You're it's saying, Aldar, you know, Remus. Yeah, Rem, it's a Remus, yeah. Okay. I've never heard that I've before. Heard that yeah. before. Okay. So, so now if you put everything together, we'll look at the picture and we can see how this picture emerges. Barak didn't want to go to war unless Devar would come with him. So it means he lacked someone in Amunah, and Devar said, fine, I'll come. But as a result, the whole, this whole victory is going to happen through women, and there is a message in that. When Klai Yisrael was on the Yamsuf, the men lacked in Amunah, and the women did not. So the Shira was begun by the women, and then the men followed suit. The Shira of Devar was said by a woman, and, Dvara, and Barak contributed to it. The, the, the Amuna that was meant to be created through Kriyas Yamsev and was finished with the story of Sisera being swept away, women were the ones who were responsible for it, women were the ones who brought it, and women were the, women were the ones who, who finalized it. And it's just a fascinating thing, and it's, it's more than anything else seems to be what the woman's role is in the Torah. And it needs to be explained. It needs to be understood. I'm not going to explain it now. So I want, you know, just that we could all think about it. Why was it that women were on such a higher level of Amunah than the men? Why was it that the Tzidkani and Shabadar were the ones that brought the drums and the men not? How is it that, that, that women have such a, so much stronger faith? And again, which is repeated both in the Yamsuf and by Dvaira and her Shira and the Shira of, of Azyasher, it's all pointing in that direction. One last thing. The Medrashim say and Rishayim Mekubalim say, and this is this is really uh, so so interesting, that Dvira was a Gilgal of Tzipira, Maisha's wife, and Tzipira wasn't in attendance during the Amsif right. because Maisha had sent her to be with Yisrael when he went back to Mitzrayim. So the whole story of Mitzrayim took place, and she wasn't there. And then Yisra came next week in the parsha following in, in parsha Yisra and brought Tzipara. And brought Tzipara. Tzipara was very upset that she didn't have the opportunity to say Shira, and she was given that opportunity once in history as a Gilgal when she became Devar. That's what that's what Chazal say. And you know, simply you read that and say, okay, you know, Tzipara wanted to say Shira, but it wasn't just that. Miriam Hanavia was the one that brought everybody out. Apparently, Tzipara should have been the one. To bring, I'm, I'm just speculating. In other words, Sipira would have played that role of leading all the women into Shira. But she couldn't, she wasn't there. 
and Miriam did it. But she got her chance later on in history as a, as a Gilgal, as, as Devira. So it's just very, very powerful, this point that, and again, like I said, it's something we need to think about and, and try to both internalize and, and just appreciate why it is like that. But, but it's, it's, it's both the woman's responsibility as a mother to create Amuna. In, in, in our children, and as we see, it's the woman's role in Claudius' role. It's, it's in, 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 in leading Claudius' role to greater levels of faith and greater levels of amuna and belief in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it, it was the women in both cases that did that and that, fulfill, that filled that role. And um, he, he says, you know, the... Rev. Wolfson says that it's, it, it really means something very simple. It, it doesn't mean anything complicated. The, the mother bringing in Amuna into the home is a very you know, simple way, saying stories and talking about the basics of, of what Yiddishkeit is all about and, and saying Kriyashma with her children. He says it, does, it doesn't mean anything complicated. It's, just, it's a certain power. It's a certain strength that a mother has that a father doesn't to inculcate that, that, that kind of faith in, in, in our children. Um, but it, it clearly is larger than that as well. You know, it's 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 more all-encompassing that than that. It's 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 a very it's a very high level of amuna that women achieved throughout history and led the way in front of the men. So it's it, it requires something to think about and and and, and try to understand.